Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to create observant critical thinkers and creative filmmakers through a film studies program. The special agent assigned to help you with this task is Shane Lawrence of Edmonton, Alberta. I have a reoccurring nightmare that I arrived to work one day and my principal informs me that there was an error with my high school transcript. And despite my university degrees, I need to retake some classes to truly graduate from high school. Sometimes I even end up needing to enroll in my own class, sitting amongst my students while a substitute teaches for my intended lesson plan for the day. I'm sharing this window into my psyche, not to get free psychoanalysis from listeners, though I'd be happy to hear your theories but to demonstrate that the thought of taking high school classes again is a literal nightmare for me. Yet, listening to Shane talk about his amazing film studies program actually makes me want to consider it. The mission of Lesson Impossible is to explore educational innovation, and it brings me great joy to have Agent Shane Lawrence kick off season four, talking about the unique ways he gets students to write about, think about, and eventually make movies. All right, Shane, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and the listeners today. Before we begin, do you mind sharing the many ways that you were involved in education? Okay, uh, sure. I, I don't know if it's many ways, but it's the way that I am involved. Uh, I am a teacher. I have been teaching for 15 years. I think this is my 16th. And um, yeah, I do mostly junior high. I teach computers and drama and art and film. And I do a little bit of high school film as well. So that's that's my thing. That's what I do. And you have a podcast. Uh, oh, and I have a podcast. Yeah. And I'm also a terrible self-promoter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been podcasting for this is the, my sixth year of doing that as well. So I host the, a podcast called The Ed Podcast. And uh, that's just a weekly show where I do a lot of what you do, which is just talk to great educators about uh, what they do in the education world and just try and, you know, grow the conversation, grow the community. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's a little selfish. I learn a lot, too. So it's, it's good for me. It's a good way for me to develop as a teacher. So, yeah, that's me. I think I got everything now. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I'm super excited to talk to you today because I have not had the chance to talk to a teacher who teaches film, mm. and I don't think I've even met a teacher that teaches film at a high school level. Is this unique for your district? It's not unique, but it's not um, it's not widespread. There's only a few of us that do it. So I think in my district, which is actually quite big, um, there's only that I know of, there are only two other teachers who are teaching like an expressly film studies course. I mean, of course, lots of lots of uh, teachers, you know, dabble in it here and there in their English or social studies classes. But yeah, as far as I know, there's uh, only two others in my district. And there's probably a smattering of others throughout the province that are doing the same thing. So not a lot of us. 
And if we get back up, how did you get there? How do you find yourself teaching film and drama and art and all those amazing things? <laughs> well, some of it, you know, it's just, uh, okay, drama is the easy one because it's my minor. So, you know, it's just, it's the thing I got hired to teach ultimately. Um, art, art was just one of those things where one year they said, well, we're, we're re rearranging a bunch of the courses next year. So you can teach art seven or uh, psychology 20 which is grade 11. And, and I mean, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a no brainer. <laughs> I'm not doing psychology. Thank you. Um, so that one, I just sort of, yeah, it, that was also driven actually by uh, a podcast guest I had who was, you know, she's very proactive when it comes to like just doing things that scare you and doing things that are challenging to you. And I thought, well, art will challenge me a lot. So sure. I'll try that. And uh, proceeded to have about a three-week-long freakout in the summer trying to figure out how to teach this thing that I didn't have any training in. And uh, now I, I've done it for the for one year, and of course I'll be doing it again this year. And I I love it. It is just a blast. So it's been a good chance for me to grow and also you know do a lot of modeling with my kids because I'm like I gotta try this too because I don't know I don't know quite how to do this. So and it's it's been great. So. Um, and film came about because of all of all things, a PD session, which is, I know PD is generally pretty useless, but, um, <laughs> uh, there was this, uh, another teacher in my district who was doing a session on his film studies course. And so, uh, I, I really liked it and I chatted with him a little, with him a little bit. And then I actually ran into my principal at the time, um, just between sessions and I said, yeah, there's this guy here. He's doing a film studies course. We should do one. I'd love to do that. And he just said, okay, just write me a proposal. So I did. I, you know, very enthusiastically, very quickly went, went back uh, to work and, and wrote up like a one page proposal of what I was going to do, what I wanted to do. And he said, great, do it. And that was it. I mean, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes if I just got lucky in terms of timing or what, but it was very easy to get it started. Um, at least in terms of like, you know, making the thing exist, <laughs> making it thrive is a whole other, whole other thing. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's how, that's the origin story of, of my eclectic teaching uh, assignment. And do you mind defining what film studies is? Like I have a general idea that you watch a film and then talk about different techniques Mm -hmm. But there must be more to it than that. Just like, you know, a French class is more than like reading a book and then speaking in French. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, well, I mean, film studies, it's different at every grade level. Um, and for me, it also involves film production. And the amount of film study versus film production uh, shifts, again, depending on grade level. So when we start in grade eight, um, it's probably... 70% film study, 30% film production. And then it's about 50-50 in grade nine. And then um, the high school class, which is actually a grade 10, 11, 12 combined. And that, depending on the year and sort of the, the tenacity of my students, it'll be like, you know, 20 to 30% study and, and the rest is production. And they just, they go hard. And I love it. I'm always so proud of my kids for what they do. But um Basically, I mean, at the core of film study, I mean, I'll start at the bottom end at grade eight. I mean, what I do with, in grade eight is I want students to just broaden their concept, their understanding of what film actually is. Because, you know, you talk to most students and they, 
th- their understanding of film is just you know whatever's the the latest hotness on Netflix or you know back in the olden days when we had movie theaters whatever the latest thing was in movie theaters and so the goal of grade 8 is just to like literally just blow the doors off their mind and and expose them to just everything so i we watch foreign films we watch animated not disney films um we watch you know films from the 20s we watch films uh, from multiple decades. We always have a genre focus every year. So honestly, the first year is just, let's just help you understand that there is, there's historicity when it comes to film. And we do also spend like the first month really doing like lots of nuts and bolts stuff of like, this is a close up, This is a pan. This is a tilt. This is, you know, all that kind of stuff. Grade nine, we start getting into um, the media more as a mode of expression. We do music, uh, music videos every year. And so it's a time for them to experiment and understand that, you know, the way that they understand film language is, is highly programmed by sort of American cinema. So we try and branch out and we watch some really different, like weird movies um, that really challenge, the, again, their notion of how to tell a story. And, you know, I, so that's why we do the music videos, because it allows them to really experiment and do some different things. So, so, okay. So high school is just, is to the, the ultimate, you know, continuation of that. I mean, I, I want students to, I want students to be able to, you know, put pen to paper, so to speak, like make movies. So that's why the shift is so much towards production. And again, we still have a genre focus in high school, but uh, at the same time, really what they have to do is, you know, take their understanding and uh, put it on the screen. And so, I mean, the lessons they learn are just many varied and and huge every time so they they're connecting not just their understanding of film on the screen but they're connecting with you know the actual process of making it and the other thing too is that um my grade eight nine class we combine their projects and we do like a film festival I, again I, I don't even know what that's going to look like this year because well you know all of the shenanigans and viruses and whatnot somehow we're gonna have a festival anyway but then um in the high school ones we always we actually rent out a movie theater and so we get to go and have like the red carpet and everyone gets dressed up fancy and we have our our year-end show which is just that's a blast that sounds like so much fun it is it's my favorite night of the year like absolutely i'll just it's yeah it's i'm just gonna sit here and gush i don't have the words for it that's the problem right Could you walk me through maybe one of your favorite units or lessons that you do with your film studies class so we can get a sense of the nuts and bolts of it? Right. Okay. Well, it's different every year. It's all good teaching is. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Well, I mean, film is like, it's. I love it so much. And if I didn't, I would just quit because it's it's a lot of work. So it depends on what we're doing. I mean, and um, I mean, there. I guess there are certain lessons that we do, you know, every year that always kind of crop up. One of the ones that I, I really enjoy doing is is um, that, I, and I've refined it quite a bit over the last few years. Is the animation unit that I do in my grade eight class. Um, what we always do before we get into the watching anything is we actually have to animate a one second loop and it's 12 frames. We only do 12, not 24 because we're not Disney. And (laughs) the kids are like, can we do 24? I'm like, trust me, by the time you're on your 12th frame, you're going to want to just jump off a cliff because this is hard. And it's, it's really fun to watch them, you know, and some of the kids are just, they're super, 
you know, they're just super into it and they, they'll, they'll give me, you know, 48 frames sometimes. But most of the kids, by the time they're at 12, I mean, they're enjoying it. But at the same time, they're just like, whoa, this is hard. Like, this is, this is really hard. So I like that exper- I like that little project that we do just because it sort of exposes them to the reality of, of that art form because it is such a detailed and slow process. And, and I also, you know, we take the animations and then I, I take them all into the computer and, and turn them into like a little film reel so they can each watch their animation come to life. And that's always fun too, because then, because they're just drawing on paper. And so then when they see it actually moving, it's pretty, pretty kind of neat to watch them sort of see the magic of it happening. And I really like that unit too, just because, uh, again, we watch really different films that aren't Disney. And that always, again, just kind of challenges their worldview and their, their understanding of what animation is. So to, for the animation challenge, like I'm trying to think of, I think my only experience with movies that aren't animated Disney movies would be the Matrix animated films that came out. Oh, yeah. And like the the Japanese, like My Friend Totoro. Yep. Uh, I must be missing some other ones that are important to the genre. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we kind of, you know, again, we always um, go back and we watch a lot of like short clips. And that's something I've discovered too, as I've done more of this course is that, you know, short films and short clips are your friend. So we, we watch, we go back and always, you know, look at some of the, the historical examples of animation. So we, we learn about what zoetropes are. We also look at like Gertie, the dinosaur, which is like one of the first, if not the first animation. And so they can just sort of see where it's come and see where it's, uh, yeah, see where it's come from. Um, but then in, in the unit we watch, um, we actually do watch My Neighbor Totoro because that's an absolutely charming film and it's wonderful. Um, and I like the fact that the narrative isn't particularly linear in in the sense like it's not like there's an exposition, a rising action, and some giant climax. It's it's just it's just about life, you know, and about it's about being a kid. And I mean, I think I know I get more out of that film than my students do because I can look back at it with all this nostalgia for just how well it captures just the essence of what it is to be a child. And so I, I love it for that, but the kids love it too. They do. I mean, they'll, they'll be, you know, it will be a few weeks after watching Totoro. They'll be sitting there just daydreaming and sketching Totoro in their notebooks or whatever. So we also watch uh, this. I discovered this a couple of years ago. It's a film called um, a town called panic, which is a French movie and it's animated essentially with toys and it is 100% bonkers. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good. It's, it's a film I recommend to like just, just everybody because it's, it's uh, so off the beaten path. It's, it's like, I mean, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old right now. And if I asked them to write a movie, this would probably be what it would be like. That's amazing. <laughs> the other film that we watch, um, and actually this is going to be new for this year. Um, so don't tell my students. Uh, we're going to be watching this, The Secret of Kells which is, um, it's about the, the book of Kells, uh, which is a real um, book. It's an illuminated uh, religious text from Ireland. Yeah, so I think it was actually nominated for an Oscar the year that it came out, and it was, oh, I don't know, a few years back anyway. Uh, but it's a beautiful film. It's actually, you know, genuinely pretty scary in spots, but the animation is is very, very different. And of course, it's telling a tale from uh, a different culture and from within that culture, like it's an Irish film. So it's, it's neat because it gives them again, a different view. I mean, cause Disney does do a lot of sort of international stories, but it's, it's always done through that American lens. Right. So it's nice for them to see 
that you know the 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 assumptions and the worldviews that filmmakers have definitely imprints on the stories that they tell. So you mentioned like a French film and something that I I always find really interesting especially when I talk to French immersion teachers is they they say like there's some amazing French cinema out there that I'd love to show my students but there's no way I could get away with showing it in school because the French have very different ideas about uh, what's appropriate for children to watch and what is not appropriate. Do you find that that's something like, do you fast forward? Do you like, I remember once when I was a substitute teacher, I just had a list of times on the movie and a big black, like cardboard thing. And I had to watch the DVD player. And when it was like 1257, just like put up my black thing in front of the TV screen. And then when it was like 1259, take it back down because there were boobs. Like how, how do you make those decisions? <laughs> um, I watch and research and preview probably, uh, I, I don't even know how many films before I find one that I can use in class. Let's put it that way. Um, like I actually watch probably f- five to 10 films for every one film that goes into the classroom. And of those and re- reaching even those five to 10, I'm probably researching easily over a hundred different movies before I find something. So it's a very time consuming process because if I can't show it to my kids in its entirety, I don't want to show it because um, one is I'm just, you know, staunchly anti-censorship. I, I don't think that's appropriate. I mean, I, I'm a strong believer in the voice of the artist expressing the things that they want to express. And yeah, there's, there's some trash stuff out there. That's just not worth looking at. Honestly, there, you know, that's, that's, that's true. But, um, the stuff that I bring in, I, I believe in it. I believe in the visions of the artists that have put that thing together. And so I'm not gonna, you know, get in the way of it and, and, and say, I know better and edit that stuff out. But with that said, no, I'm not. Sh- I mean, I'm not showing them a Clockwork Orange or, or you know anything like you know full of crazy amounts of, of violence and nudity because that's you know I, I can't and I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there is one movie I do hold a bit of cardboard up in front of it because we watch a film called Hero, um, which is a Chinese martial arts film that is just incredible. I love it. It's like watching it's like watching a painting and and um, that's a film where we explore a lot about color theory uh in film and that's a it's a really great vehicle for that um but there is one scene where where there's some there's some sexy times and uh so you know i i know when it's coming so i'll just like stand up on the table and put my put some you know piece of paper in front of the projector and you know the kids hate it and i'm just like oh sorry it's a i uh, did it's an accident i'm just oh it's okay they're just they're just playing around a chest it's no big deal <laughs> so so and then the kids are like oh you've ruined chess forever for me now mr lawrence <laughs> so but uh, that's the only time out of those 14 films in grade 8 that i do that and i and there's nothing in in any of the other classes that that i censor because they are carefully chosen um, I should also make you know, make a note here too that I teach at a Christian school, so I would say the bar is especially high when it comes to content. So uh, I'm not going to say that I don't get really, really frustrated sometimes because I do. Um, but it's uh, th- there is good cinema out there, but it, it it's difficult to find that when when you're um, you know holding yourself to a certain set of criteria. 
The film that social studies, Canadian social studies teachers both love and hate is Passchendaele because it's the only modern film which is giving the Canadian perspective of World War I, but it's not the best film in the world. And there's also a really awkward sex scene that's like at next to a battle. And one year, instead of just like, you know, like turning it off, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fast because it's like cut to the sex scene, cut to the battle, cut to the sex scene, cut to the battle. And the battle scenes are good. And I'm like, I'm just gonna fast forward through the sex scene. But what I didn't realize is it just made them go at it faster. <laughs> and the kids were like losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i i have a i have a funny story about that actually it's secondhand from my my cousin when he was in in um in high school and they were doing romeo and juliet um he had a, a teacher who was let's just say not super invested in his or her job and you know the kind of teacher that would literally just press play and then leave the room so, fun fact, did you know that Penthouse actually produced a version of Romeo and Juliet? <gasps> no! Yeah. And so, teacher presses play and leaves, you know, just saying, oh, it's Romeo and Juliet, right? And then it's all fine, it's all fine until a certain point, and then it's like, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wh- yeah. whatever kid ran out to tell the teacher half the kids were grateful and half were really mad. I can imagine. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. But oh my God. I was like, I, oh, anyway. When you're looking for inspiration, like where do, where do you look? I imagine there's the beauty of new films coming out all the time, but are there authors or teachers that you follow or blogs or anything? Or do you just go about your own watching. And then when you see something, you're like, yes, that needs to make it into the class. It's, it's kind of yes to all of the above. Um, I mean, there's certain, there's certain voices in film criticism that uh, I trust or that I'm interested in. I mean, it's like anything, you know, we kind of build up our own social media silos, right? So, and then that, that algorithm kind of feeds us the stuff that it knows we like. So I, I often find things that way. And I mean, there are times too, where I'll just, you know, I do it with pretty much every film that I watch that, you know, once I'm at a certain point, I'll, I'll zip over to IMDb and I'll look up the director and what else they've done and the actors and what they've done. And I'll go click, 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 click. And I'll be digging, digging down deep into those click holes. Um, and so there's a certain amount of just discovering via, you know, looking at a body of work by a particular actor or director or writer. And, you know, having watched lots and lots of movies, there's also certain people that I just watch. Like there's certain directors who I know when they make a new movie, it's, I'm going to seek it out because, because it's them. So it's, 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 yeah, it's a little bit of everything. And, you know, there's times where people will mention something online. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I'll check that out. And honestly, the really cool thing is I've got a few, you know, former students that I've had in, had all the way through film studies and I'm still in touch with them every now and then. And every now and then I'll get like a, you know, a direct message or a, a text and they'll say, Hey, watch, watch this movie. You should check it out. And so I do. And it's usually pretty good. I'm like, awesome. Thanks. So there, there's, there's all sorts of different ways that I, I come at, come at that. It's just kind of, you know, it's like you're just sort of steeped in it. Right. Listening to you, it sounds like an amazing course, but you're really making the kids, it sounds think deeply and critically and visually do you ever get kids that are like, I signed up to watch movies and now I have to think harder than I've ever thought before? Yep. Yep. 
and I try and get rid of them on the first date. <laughs> the The first thing I do at the, my, the first day, um, you know, the goal on paper is to introduce students to the course and the, you know the depth and breadth of the things that we'll be doing. But sort of the subtext of that is this is going to be a hard course. You're going to have to work. So if you don't like that idea, then you better go do something else. And so inevitably, I wind up with two or three students who have that exact attitude. It astounds me sometimes. You know, it's like, well, we get to watch movies and talk about movies and write about movies and make movies. And, and I, I can't understand how anyone can be like not interested in some aspect of that. But no, some people just want to sit in the dark and do nothing. So now this might not be a consideration at the high school level, but something that I've really grappled with in my own love of movies and books is the personalities involved. And we've been seeing that a lot, I think, especially with the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. where Kevin Spacey was being pulled off of his shows and there people are looking at really prominent directors. I mean, the most notable being Roman Polanski and, and grappling with, should it be shown? Can we still appreciate their work? Is that something you get into with your students or is that something that you get into with yourself when you're choosing stuff? <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's a consideration. And we do look at that. I mean, that's more of a high school thing that we talk about. In grade eight, we're just trying to, you know, dip our toes into the films. And um, I've been careful to step around most of those landmines, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every film is going to have at least one actor who was an alcoholic at some point in their career. So, you know, <laughs> that. but yeah, no, we do, we do like approach those kind of issues. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the thing with, especially with my high school class is some days I'll have a plan and I'll say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And the students are like, can we do this instead? And I'll be like, okay, sure. And we'll do that instead. And I'll throw out my carefully crafted plans so we can do the thing they want to do. Um, but uh, and sometimes that is talking about things like that. Usually it's because they want to go work on their films. But, you know, but, you know, we definitely talk about issues in film. I mean, one of the big things we do in, in grade eight is we spend a couple of classes just talking about violence. And uh, so that's that's always interesting because, I you know, the first class I'll get there, I'll get a lot of their comments. And then I turn it into the slideshow where I'll put their quote from whatever they said on on like a little Google form. I'll just print that out with the background being like pictures from like Scarface and like, you know, Rambo and all this kind of stuff. So they kind of have to confront the things they're saying. And it's, that always makes for a good sort of round two discussion. And um, yeah, we, yeah, we, we talk about all these kinds of issues. I mean, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm mentally going through all the films that we watch and all the different grade levels. I'm trying to think if there's any real issues. I mean, we talk a little bit about, you know, the Chinese government when we do hero, um, because it is, it is a very, you know, at its core, it's a very pro Chinese film, you know, about, you know, the power of the government and all those sorts of things and, and sacrificing yourself for the good of the country. And I do, I've struggled with this too. I mean, cause like growing up, one of my, you know, favorite filmmakers and one of the people who really got me into film was Roman Polanski and his early work. Cause it's just, he's, you know, he's an incredibly good director, not an incredibly good human being. And, you know, I've decided at this point that I'm not going to be watching any of his, any of his films, but um, it's hard because at the same time, I really do want to kind of separate art from artist. Cause um, you know, one of the things I talk to my kids about is like, once you've made a piece of art, 
it's not yours anymore. It belongs to the audience. And, you know, they, they get a really strong sense of that when they get to show their films at the film festival because they just have to sit there and watch it and they can't do anything, right? It belongs to the people who are experiencing it. So it's there's, there's a tension there and I haven't fully resolved it yet, I guess. With modern media, so having phones that can capture video really easily, like are you exploring TikTok as a, a medium of film or is that still in film study circles something different? I, I'm, I'm not that hip. <laughs> <laughs> we are still very much exploring narrative film in the, in, you know, that sense of like larger, grander experiences. And I did honestly kind of t- take a step back a couple of years ago and really and really think about that. Like, you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to turn this into? Because I do talk to other, you know, film teachers from all over North America mainly, you know, and they do all sorts of different things to do with like news and documentary and promotional and this and that. And I thought, well, gee, am I missing the point here? It's like, no, this, this is the thing that we're doing where we're telling stories. And yes, all – you know, all this visual media stuff is in its own way telling stories. But the kind of stories that I'm training my kids to, to do are these films. And the thing is, the kids walk through the door at, because they love films. So that's what I want to be able to equip them to make. And so, yeah, we just, we focus on narrative movies and uh, they can work on TikToking on their own. <laughs> I I have to admit, I've always wanted a lesson. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there if I look for it, where someone ran through what all of the different roles on a film set were. Because you see in the credits, like, second gaffer. And I was like, well, why do they need a second gaffer? Like, who's the, what's the first gaffer doing? One of the things that we do, I mean, we talk a little bit about roles in junior high in grade eight and nine. We, we keep it pretty simple. It's their teams of three. And so there's a director, a writer, a producer, and even at that, I say those those roles are pretty fluid in terms of you might all contribute to the writing, you might all contribute to directing, but those are the main roles we're going to work with. Um, and yeah, there's the, the camera operator and that's that. Oh, and editor, and that's about it. Um, but when we get into high school, one of the things that we do every year is we actually take a whole afternoon. And I take my film kids and we actually are combined with another course called digital media. And so uh, we combine both courses together and we actually, I write a short script. Actually last year I got a student to write one because I had a particularly strong writer. Um, So she wrote a short like one page scene. And then we uh, took over our gym and we, we, shot it and we have a huge crew of like 30 plus people and they all have jobs and they all have little name tags they fill out and here's what you are and here's what you do and you know at the outset they're like i'm not quite sure what i need to do but um we kind of train them as they go and they learn what a functioning set looks like so that they can understand what a lot of these roles are so they you know yeah we have we do have a gaffer and we have a best boy and we have grips and we have uh you know cameras and we have uh dit and we have you know first AC and all these kind of, we have all these different things and um, it helps them understand what the roles are because they can see other people filling them. And, you know, we also, when we have like the grade 11s and 12s who've been through it once or twice, they can really take the lead. So we usually put them in the key roles and then, um, yeah, it's, it's a really good experience for everybody. That sounds really cool. I mean, in, in grade nine, we do um, at the end of the year, the last two weeks or so, we will do career reports 
So they have to create research a role within uh, the industry, whatever that is, and uh, they have to find out as much as they can. And they also have to try and make contact with someone who does that for a living. And then we bring them in if we can. So it's always my favorite time of that course because yeah, the last two weeks is basically a guest speaker every day. And we have people from, we've had makeup artists, we've had uh, special effects artists, we've had just straight up directors, we had an animal trainer, um, we had a steady cam operator. Speaking of Passchendaele, actually, um, I know a, I know one of the camera operators on that show. We should ask him about those decisions for those sex scenes because I have some complaints. <laughs> I don't know that that was his job. Right? His job was just, he was just running the camera, right? So, Where do you see the course growing? Like, do you see it staying the same with some tweaks, or are there some bigger innovations that you're working towards? Hmm. You know what? It's I don't know if it's necessarily like innovations or, or, or growing. I mean, I am I am also just as a teacher mindful of my own sanity and well-being. And uh so pushing I've done courses where I've pushed too hard and it's it's doesn't have a good result. Like the course is great, but my life falls apart. So in terms of making the program bigger, I don't know if that's quite where I want to go. It's, I mean, we send kids out with full lighting packages and cameras and sound gear and, and they work their butts off. I I don't know that I want to make that any more intense than it already is. And we're very blessed to have all the different gear that we need to actually make films. So of a high quality, I should say, I mean, my grade eights and nines, I don't give them anything. They shoot with their phones and that's it. And they always make great stuff. But the thing is that every year, like I've never taught the same course twice. And so that's, it's not growth so much as just adaptation every year because the the needs and the desires of the kids change. And so I'm always listening to what they want to an extent. I mean, there's times where I'm like, nope, shut up. We're going to learn about framing today. You know, <laughs> and, that's, and that's what we do. Um, the autonomy grows, of course, as they go higher and higher in grade levels. But um, it's always about just trying to get a hold of where the students are at and sort of understanding the zeitgeist as best I can without having, without resorting to teaching TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although I am probably going to use some sort of TikTok stuff in my grade eight computers class, but that's another story. Yeah. So it's really, it's just about adaptation and making sure that the, the filmmaking stays relevant to the students, right? Cause they want to tell stories and I just want to help them tell the best stories they can. That's a really good segue because I, I like to ask all of my guests what they're doing to prevent burnout and to prevent teacher attrition with all the amazing people that we have. Do you have any tips or tricks? For avoiding teacher burnout? Yeah. Um, gosh, how do I put this? I mean, I, I've, I went through one particular period about my third or fourth year of teaching where I was beyond burned out, like just lowest of the lows. And honestly, what led me there was just, I wasn't being mindful of that balance and, you know, kind of having a bit of that savior complex too, where it's like, oh, it's going to fall apart without me. I have to do everything. And then realizing that, no, the world will keep spinning if you don't, you know, kill yourself to do your job. So honestly, it's, it's just recognizing where your own limits are and recognizing what unhealth looks like and then just not touching that. And if that means that you're not doing that extra little thing, that's going to be so cool for the kids. 
that's okay. That is okay to just leave it because the kids won't know that you left it on the side. You're still doing a good job and you're a happy, healthy human being. And um, also craft beer and video games helps. (laughs) That's my other hot tip. (laughs) So there is a teacher and similar to you, they were given a choice this, you don't have any experience, but you can either take psychology 20 mm-hmm. or film studies eight. Uh-huh. And they're like, I guess I'm taking film studies eight. Yeah. What's your advice to them? Email me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Or just shoot me a DM on Twitter. All right. That's, that's the, that's the short version. You know, gather up like my course was based off of the course that Way back in the in our conversation, I mentioned that PD session that I went to. So I bought that teacher a nice bottle of whiskey, and he gave me all his stuff. And I based my whole course off of everything that he gave me and just tweaked it for the first couple of years. So it's, I mean, I still talk with him every now and then. And our, it's clear that our courses are quite different now, uh, which I think is a good thing because it means that, you know, I've I've made this thing my own. But still, a lot of the procedures and a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the things that I that I do in the way that I run the course is very much uh, based off of what he did, what he created. And so, yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. Call me and uh, I'll give you everything I have. Well, that's so generous. I'll make sure to include your email address uh, through a link in the show notes mm-hmm. to the website, because I think that might be very valuable for people who want to write a note to their principal and say, hey, I think this might be a great idea. And then hopefully their principal will be as chill as yours was and support that. Yeah. I mean, that came as a surprise to me at the time too. I didn't think that would actually happen, but there it is. Well, Shane, thank you so much again for exploring the world of just a small part of the world of teaching film studies with me and the listeners. And of course, you know that I'm a very big fan of your podcast. So I'll be putting a link to that as well. And I just appreciate getting to see a a different type of teaching. It's always so much fun. Well, thanks for letting me yak in your ear for 40 minutes about film. (laughs) (laughs) episode will not self-destruct in five seconds, but will remain available on your preferred podcasting platform. More details about this episode, links to resources or people we mentioned, and information in general about the podcast and its mission can be found at lessonimpossible.com. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help other listeners discover it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, forwarding it to a colleague, or posting a link in your favorite educational chat. This has been Less Than Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.